It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. Thank you for joining us. Um, Let me talk about Falcon Bank. Decisions about your future can be difficult, but at Falcon Bank, our trust department can make planning for tomorrow a positive experience. From estate planning and administration of trust to investment management, including real estate and mineral management, Falcon Bank offers solutions with an honest evaluation of what you need. Call Falcon Bank at 210-489-4150 to discuss how they may be of service to you. And this is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we're here with Todd Marcourt, and coming on the phone later is going to be Tyler Rutherford on a new episode that we have today. If you're tuning in on the radio, you can also watch us through our Facebook live stream when you visit Talk Law Radio and find the scales of justice. You could be able to send your comments about any questions you have on employment laws, especially right now when a lot of people are should be staying at home if you're in the shutdown. But if you're an essential worker, if you have any questions about what are the laws and benefits that you can still be able to understand are in place right now, then send us your comments through our live stream. We cannot accept any calls right now. But aside from talking about our live stream and our sponsors, what's the mission of Talk Law Radio, Mr. Marquardt? The mission of Talk Law Radio is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys like me to talk about the law, but because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case and laws are ever-changing, material discussed herein is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started, let's begin with a prayer. Of course. Dear God, thank you for this day and thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help attorney Tyler Rutherford, Christiana, and me give good information to the listeners about employment law today. Help us to use the gifts and talents that you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Tyler should be on the phone with us. Are you there, Tyler? Can you hear us? I gotcha. Terrific, then. 
It's great to be able to have you on the phone live with us here on Talk Law Radio. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Well, um, let's see. I'm a San Antonio native, born and raised. Um, I went to Robert E. Lee High School um, and then uh, did my undergraduate work uh, at St. Mary's University um, when it was still staffed by uh, some good Marianist people, folks who really took their job seriously. Uh, and then I went on to uh, St. Mary's Law School and graduated in 1996, cum laude, um, and uh, I'm a father of a, a proud father of a son, and um, I've been practicing uh, law for over 22 years. Uh, do a lot of employment law. Um, I must say I'm not board certified in employment law, but I know quite a bit about it. I do a lot of it, and I'm happy to be here. Great, thank you for joining us. This is an exciting time to be talking about employment law because. COVID-19, as everybody is aware, has affected everybody's employment in one way or another. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I've been getting a lot of calls related to, to COVID issues. Even you are working from home, right? That's correct. I have um, shut uh, shut my office down and uh, moved to, uh, to my house and am working remotely. Um, but I'm fortunate in that I can do that. I know a lot of people that uh, have are out of work and they can't work from home or they have to, they're front lines people. So I consider myself to be very fortunate. I guess if you're working from home, nobody can sexually harass you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you could sexually harass yourself. I don't know how that works. But oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't think we should talk about that. Yeah, yeah you could sue yourself. I don't know. When um, that's definitely having to separate personal time and work time when you are working from home, if you're fortunate enough to do that. Um, yeah. Especially right now with needing to stay at home, a lot of people are wondering, when are we going to get back to normal? When are we going to start being able to go back to restaurants and our events and start planning for things? But it's going to be uncertain until that time. I remember a lot of people were really looking forward to being able to go back to church on Easter. But right now is still the time that we should practice social distancing, especially when the Bible does say in Ecclesiastes to know that there is a time for everything, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And knowing when business should be open and be able to function and knowing when you need to close up, that's a real hard decision between a lot of small business owners, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think the mayor just extended the uh, stay-in-place order um, until at least the end of the month. And, um, of course, you know, the idea is, that we've all heard this, flatten the curve. It's a great idea. And I think we all, um, even after the, the order is lifted, if it, you know, unless it gets extended further, uh, I suggest we all do what we can to, to stay home even more because um, – there's going to be a second and third wave of this stuff, but of course we're all going to have to balance, um, you know, having to go to work and, and make money um, to live uh, versus, you know, our health. So this is a, a very, very difficult time. What is one of the, the most basic principles that our listeners need to know about when it comes to employment law? Well, you know, uh, 
in employment law, so I practice from, there, there's basically two um, ways of looking at employment law, one from the employer side and one from the employee side, and, and I focus on the employee side. And um, basically it comes down to, in Texas anyway, um, it's not what rights you have, it's what rights you don't have. And, um, you know, Texas is, is what we call an employment at will state. And an employment at will uh, basically means that you can be terminated for uh, at any time uh, with or without cause. I mean, for, for any reason, uh, a bad reason, no reason. What, if your employer doesn't like the way you comb your hair, you can be terminated. Um, now, there are certain exceptions to that, and that's where, where I come in. Uh, there's common law exceptions to that, what we call common law court-created exceptions, and then there's statutory exceptions to that. Um, that either the you know the U.S. Congress has passed, or or that the the Texas legislature has passed, and I, I'm I'm here to talk about those today. Well, that's going to be great to be able to go further in to detail when we go and have more time during our show. Um, what are some of the what are some of the most common cases that you've heard people getting and losing their jobs for? Well, you know, recently um, it's just been people laid off um, and, um, you, you know, just, just let go because, you know, like, again, the service sector has shut down and, you know, a lot of non-essential businesses have shut down. And um, so, you know, for those people, for most of them, the only recourse they're going to have is going to be filing an unemployment claim with the Texas Workforce Commission. Um so well, let's you know, talk your... about that when we come back from this break. Absolutely. Very so good. please stay on the phone with us, Tyler. It's only going to take about a minute. And if you're tuning in right now, this is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. We can't accept any phone calls today, but you can still watch us through Facebook live stream. Send us your comments in Talk Law Radio and look for the scales of justice. We'll be discussing employment benefits, the laws behind it, the COVID-19 unemployment benefits that are to come. So stay tuned. Send us your questions as soon as possible so we can read them on the air. That is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. We'll be right back after this short commercial. See you soon. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt, and I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas. And while we were on break, we have waiting on the phone with us, Tyler Rutherford of Rutherford and Rutherford Law Firm, PLLC. We're discussing employment benefits. Tyler, can you still hear us on the phone? I can. That's great. I'm great. 
very glad that you can hear us. And we are already receiving our first comments in our Facebook live stream. I can see Miss Sherry Hensley Loftus, one of our previous guests. She's giving us a shout out saying, hey, guys, I'm Sherry now. Thank you so much, Sherry. And you can send us your comments, any questions you have about employment benefits, the laws behind it, COVID-19 unemployment benefits by just following us on Talk Law Radio. I'll read your comments as soon as I can see them. Now, really quick, I have a question and a joke, Tyler, if I can ask. Um, We were just discussing about uh, the laws of being made unemployed by at-will employment. So I have a small question, and this is my joke. Has anyone come to you from being let go for giving attitude to their boss? For example, a man goes in for a job interview and sits down with the boss and the boss asks him, what do you think is your worst quality? The man says, well, I'm probably too honest. And the boss says, that's not a bad thing. I think being honest is a good quality. The man replies, I don't care about what you think. Good one. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All too so, true. So like Tyler said, you can be fired for any reason or no reason at all. But you're not allowed to discriminate. Right, Tyler? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that, that brings us, if we want to get start getting into that, that brings us to the um, statutory exceptions to the employee at will doctrine. And um, uh, most of those are, are the big, uh, I guess the most significant area um, in these exceptions would be uh, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, um, prohibiting discrimination based on race, um, sex, um, religion, uh, being a member of a protected class. Uh, there's also we also run into um, Family Medical Leave Act um, discrimination. Uh, we run into the Americans with Disabilities Act discrimination, um, and th- those are probably the big federal uh, exceptions. There are some other some other Texas. Uh, uh, legislative exceptions uh, that we run into, encounter a bunch, and, and, and those would be, uh, this happens quite frequently when, um, if, you, if you get hurt on the job and your employer is a subscriber to the workers' compensation program, you file a workers' compensation claim, and you know a lot of, a lot of employers don't like that, and uh, then they terminate you. So you, an employer cannot discriminate against you for filing a, a workers' comp claim, and uh, we run into those cases quite a bit, and, and I have uh, I handle a number of those. And do you think that a lot of those kind of claims might be filed for the medical workers who are um, putting their lives at risk, being on the front lines of COVID nineteen? Yeah, we'll probably see those crop up. Um, 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 we're gonna, and I've also I've also been getting calls, which is this is disturbing. Um, I guess before, maybe in like about 10 days ago to two weeks ago, I started getting calls from a number of nurses who had been terminated because they wanted to wear their uh, personal protection equipment, masks, etc. And the hospitals, believe it or not, were telling them they could not wear their masks because it was scaring their patients. Now, last four or five days, that's completely flipped and turned around. Um, but that, but that's a no, no. You, you, you can't, um, you, you can't, um, you can't do that. Uh, hospitals 
they're they're changing course on that, but I, I've seen that that recently. Well, if you're experiencing that yourself, if you're a nurse and you're listening to us here on Talk Law Radio, I'm sorry we can't accept any phone calls for you to call in and make any comments, but if you want to share your stories, if you're going through this right now, follow us on Talk Law Radio. You can see us through our live stream. Share with us your comments if you're going through this ordeal right now. Yeah, so the issues that Tyler's been talking about are discrimination claims and you've probably heard uh, some of these court cases, Tyler, or even uh, faced some of them yourself. Uh, what would be an example where um, somebody's discriminated against because of their race? Well, um, you know, these cases, uh, they, they happen. I, I deal with a number of them. Um, it can just, I mean, it can just be the most blatant, ugly uh, racial, racially charged um, invectives that are launched against an employee. Um, I mean, they just turn your stomach. Um, and then they can be quite subtle. Uh, so, you know, um, for me as an attorney, and most of the cases that I that I that I take, uh, you know, these folks can't really afford my hourly rate. So I'll take them on a contingency fee, meaning that I won't uh, collect a fee unless I recover. Um, so when I, when I'm selecting a case like that, uh, I have to select, I have to be careful in what I select and I have to find a case that is going to be viable. In other words, I have to be able to make the claim and um, for, for like racial uh, and sexual uh, type uh, discrimination cases, I have to be able to prove that case. And that is the most challenging uh, obstacle in making these cases is being able to prove it because most employers are pretty savvy and they're not going to put anything in writing or uh, put anything in an email that, uh, you know, uh, evidences overt signs of uh, racial or sexual discrimination. Uh, so, you know, I- I've got to get the evidence. Now, sometimes you get lucky and you get a smoking gun, you get a couple of emails or you get an email. Um, but, um, what I tell my clients, and if you're in Texas, um, it's okay to record people, um, even without their knowledge, Texas is a, uh, what they call a one party state when it comes to re- making recordings. And if they, if you get a smartphone in your pocket, you probably have a, uh, voice recording app. And I tell my clients, you know, if you suspect, or are you starting to see a pattern of discrimination, go ahead and record that, uh, you, you can record another person that you're talking to even without their knowledge or consent. What you can't do is you can't take your recording device, set it down in a room, leave the room, and record another person or another two people talking. So it's important to get the evidence, to get something in writing, to get a recording, or to get you know a witness that will testify, I heard him say such and such. I heard him say that. The problem with the witness uh, testimony is that most of those witnesses are still employed by that employer, and they don't want to turn against their employer. So um, getting the evidence is, is what I tell my clients. I was going to ask that because, for one thing, if it's racial or especially sexual discrimination, harassment, then it's the fear of being able to even find someone who believes that person and is able to relay what it is that's making them so uncomfortable in that workplace and then asking a witness to put their own job and their own position at risk as well 
but what about if you're recommending people can be able to record, but these job sites that have those confidentiality purposes that you have to keep your device turned off, that you're not allowed to carry it with you on your job site? Well, that can be a problem. That can be a problem. Um, you know, there's this this uh, field of law can get met, you know any 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 evidentiary issue is always messy, uh, but you do the best you can, um, and uh, of course you, you know there there are confidentiality provisions that you do sign a lot of places where you do go to work, uh, but you know if you are if you are being subject to overt discrimination, um, you know throw that throw that confidentiality provision out the window, get the recording, and let's go to court. Um, you know, the, the, that confidentiality provision, you, you can't use that, an employer can't use that to shield himself from these laws. So would a couple examples of discrimination be if somebody was denied a promotion or if they got fired because of uh, their race or religion or sex? Yeah, that's in the employment arena, we call that an adverse employment event. Or an adverse employment action, and that could be, you know, uh, the most drastic would be termination, of course. But, yeah, failure uh, to, to receive a promotion, um, a change in getting a getting a worse schedule, you know, it's not like having to work the night shift, uh, having your desk put in a corner, you know, all alone, like you're in third grade. Uh, but again, you have to couple these adverse employment uh, actions with some sort of evidence of you know discrimination so again you still have to have the evidence i have people that call me all the time that uh, have suffered an adverse employment event and they suspect that it's racial they suspect that it's uh based on sex or one of these other religion one of these protected uh, areas but unless i have the the evidence uh that's not going to get you into court you have to a suspicion, a hunch, um, that, that doesn't get you there. you, you got to carry the football you know, to the goal line, and, and, and you're, you're going to need evidence. And the employer's defense is that usually, well, he or she had bad performance. And, yeah, that, that's, and that's, that's why. The way, that's the way that, yeah, that's the way that plays out. Um, so uh, in the employment law context, we, we, we use what's called uh, the McDonnell-Douglas uh burden shifting uh, paradigm and so the way that works is the employee will, will um, make a charge of uh, discrimination and then the employee can pre- or the employer can present uh, a a valid uh, reason for for termination or what they claim to be valid and then it's up to the employee to go back again and rebut that and uh, to say no, that's that's a pretextual reason. It's it's not a legitimate reason, um, and so it's a little bit of ping, legal ping pong. But uh, again, uh, bottom line is you still have to you have to show that 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 reason given is pretextual. In other words, it has no validity, and you were you did suffer an adverse employment action because of uh, one of these protected categories: race, sex, religion, et cetera. So if you're a business and you're worried that somebody might make a claim against you, you should probably have a general counsel attorney, a business attorney, to give you advice about employee handbooks, policies and procedures, and the steps that you should take to 
um, discipline an employee for bad conduct or bad performance. And attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm just happen to provide that service. How about age discrimination? What are some basics with age discrimination? Well, um, so there, there, there was a presumption. It's just not courts. Um, courts don't uh, follow it as strictly as much anymore. But if you're over forty and you're terminated, that that and you want to make a claim, that's that's um, you got something going for you. Wait. But you still have to. You still have to. Uh, that presumption is not going to carry the day again. You're going to have to to show that um, uh, your employer's uh, motivation was based on age, and again, it all comes down to, to evidence. Now I got a question. Um, there are there are certain um, there are there are certain um, there's an area of age discrimination where if there is sort of like a mass firing um and you can show statistically that it affects uh older people um m- more than uh, substantially more than than the younger uh, uh let's talk about that when we come back from our break yeah i want to know what job sites are firing people who reach 40 i thought that was an athletic thing but <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna have a bit of a long break so bear with us tyler it's only gonna be mm-hmm. a little over three minutes but we will return back on talk law radio with attorney tyler rutherford of rutherford and rutherford plc while we discuss employment laws we can't take calls but visit us on facebook talk law radio for your comments Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt, and I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and on the line, we have Tyler Rutherford of Rutherford and Rutherford PLLC. Tyler, can you hear us? I can. Okay, great. You're still live on the air here with us on Talk Law Radio. Tyler is tying up our phone lines, but we're able to stream through Facebook live stream. Follow us and send us your comments in the video for employment laws. Just like Roxanne Mendler, who has joined us, she says, great show topic and perfect timing, as a lot of people who are either essential workers having to worry about their health and job security, and many others who are going under unemployment, some who might have been already unemployed due to age discrimination. Right, Mr. Marquardt? Yeah, and Tyler was just about to talk about reductions in force and how that relates to age discrimination. So uh, let let us know what that means, Tyler. How is a reduction in force different from a layoff or a furlough? Well, uh, you know, I I wanted to talk a little bit about that sort of as uh, an issue separate and apart from – I'd like to decouple that from the age issue. Okay. Um, We're – I've been getting a lot of calls. As you know, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia, and, and Russia are in an oil war right now, and uh, they've been flooding the market. That's why gas prices are so cheap. A couple, you know, that connected with the fact that nobody's driving has driven the the price of oil down. I think it's like twenty six dollars a barrel. It's just, and so when that happens, we're getting a lot of. Uh, you know, we have Texas has a lot of oil field workers, and they're they're getting laid off right and left. And um, so there, there's an area of law, or there's a piece of legislation called the the Warren Act, um, 
the Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act. Now, I don't practice this type of law, um, but if you if you reach out to me through my website, I can put you in touch with an attorney who does this kind of uh, law. But but basically, the, the Warren Act, um, if if you are working for an employer with a hundred or more uh, workers and um, you you receive uh, a layoff, you're entitled to to notice. Um, uh, of that layoff 60 days before it happens. Um, now, there are, there are a lot of restrictions on that. Um, e e if you have a, a plant closing, um, you're entitled to – now, again, you still have to be employed by an employer with 100 or more workers, but then if there's a plant closing, you have to, you have to show that there's at least 50 full-time workers at that plant. Now, the way that applies to the oil field – um, because a lot of these drilling companies and, and support companies are sort of decentralized, um, there are uh, there have been attempts by oil field workers to sort of aggregate uh, drilling units into one uh, as and, and make that into one plant so that the the uh, act would apply to them, and that has been uh, met with mixed success in the courtroom. Um, but uh, the, according to the case law that I've read, if you are an oil field worker, you, you want to try and link the, drill, the different drilling operations in, in a close um, physical proximity, uh, geographical proximity, to try and meet that, to try and aggregate to get over that 50-employee limit because most drilling sites are staffed you know, by less than that. And so I've seen a lot of that. And um, uh, but again, I'm going to tell your listeners that you know if you've been laid off because of this COVID thing, um, you your best uh, remedy is to file for unemployment with the Texas Workforce Commission. Now I know they're flooded right now, but that's what that's where you need to go. You need to go to the Texas Workforce Commission and file an file a claim. And we could be able to go more into detail later in the show about how to file the claim for unemployment. But you said that you had referrals that you might be able to give if they visit your website. Your website was Rutherford and Rutherford.com. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I, I, that, it, it used to be. It's been updated. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you my uh, URL. Okay, um, URL. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, it is. It's. It's Rutherford and Rutherford.com, um, and uh, there you will. You will see the different practice areas, and if you go on that website, I also have a blog post on the recording issue uh, that your listeners might find helpful. Um, it tells you what you can and can't do when it comes to recording, you know, your employer. Okay, then. So that would be Rutherford and Rutherford.com. Rutherford is spelled R-U-T for tango, H-E-R, F like Frank, O-R-D, and the word and, Rutherford.com. And Mr. Marquardt is available for businesses at his website, MarquardtLawFirm.com. As we're talking about employment laws here on Talk Law Rather, Talk Law Radio, excuse me, sorry, getting a little tongue-tied here. Um, Talk Law Radio with Tyler Rutherford as our guest on the phone. Can you tell us a little bit about the process you go through when filing for those claims of people who feel they've been unjustly um, fired, discriminated, discriminated against? against. 
So, yeah, um, if you have a, uh, a Title VII claim, um, you know, a, a race, age, uh, se- sexual harassment claim, um, you need to file a um, you need to file a, a charge of discrimination uh, with the EEOC. Um, and I can I can give you the EEOC, the San Antonio Division. Uh, their number, if you guys got a pen, sure, I can repeat ahead. it later, but it's, it's uh, 800-669-4000, 800-669-4000. Now, they are busy right now. Everybody is busy and understaffed, but um, you, you, you need to uh, – I encourage everybody to, to file their charge of discrimination within 180 days of their um, the adverse employment action Um and when you when you file that charge, you will you will meet with a uh, like a field representative of the EEOC, and you need to be as broad as you can in making your charge of discrimination because if you if you're narrow and you limit your charge to things you tell the the field agent in which which goes into your charge, you are limited to what's in there if you subsequently have to file a lawsuit. So, so should they the call works, an attorney first to learn oh, yes, about so how got, to do got, that? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I counsel my clients um, in, in, filling out, in, 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 in filling out the charge of discrimination uh, because it's a very critical uh, part of the process. Um, so once that charge has been made, then the EEOC will um, investigate the charge. Uh, and, you know, they, the, our EEOC, the division here in San Antonio, they, they, do, a, they do great work. Uh, but again, they are they are um, understaffed and overworked, and so um, generally, if I have a client that comes in and I, I, I see they've got a good a good discrimination case, I'll have them I'll help them file the charge of uh, discrimination with the EEOC, and then I will do what's called uh, I will I will send a uh, file a request for a right to sue letter. And so the EEOC will get that request, and they're more than happy to issue these because it's less work off their desk. It takes a case off their docket. But they give you a right to sue letter, and then once you have that letter, then you have a certain time period to file a lawsuit. And, um, and then that's when, that's when I come in and start taking depositions, you know, set the case for trial, and, and, and get it on. So I just want to be able to clarify the timeline of at least actions that people can fully understand. That way they under they know that although each person is going through a unique individual situation, they can at least understand what the process is in the correct form to be pointed in the right direction once they find that legal counsel. So should they call that 800 number first or should they find an attorney that they can confide in to help them with this discrimination? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I always tell people talk to a lawyer first um, because, you know, the, the EOC, the, the, those those officers, they are trained in the law, but they're not lawyers. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I, I count. I would I have no problem uh, telling your listeners to, to contact a lawyer before they before they get in touch with the EOC to help guide them through uh, this tricky process of filing uh, a technically correct and uh, broad claim that you can use to sort of springboard yourself into the courtroom and, and, you know, get to where you need to go. And you're still available if they contact you through your website, Rutherford and Rutherford.com. 
Yeah, absolutely. I have a um, there. There is a, uh, a way to you can. There's an email address that goes right to my desktop. It's it's info uh, Rutherford Law Firm at gmail.com. It, it's on the it's on the website, the Rutherford uh, and Rutherford.com okay. website, and you can you can get in contact with me that way. I just wanted to clarify that uh, Tyler kept saying EEOC. I wanted to let everybody know that stands for Equal Employment. Opportunity Commission. It's the the federal agency that handles these things, right, Tyler? That's right. Uh, now, uh, just so your listeners are aware, the um, Texas has sort of enacted um, a companion piece of legislation to Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, and um, and um, that's the Texas Commission on Human Rights. Um, um, act and um, the I try as a practitioner. Uh, there, there's usually two at there's two forums, or I think the plural of forums is fora. There's two fora that you can use um, uh, in, in pursuing these claims. One is through the federal courts, and the and second one, one will be courts. covering over when we come back from this commercial. And thank you so much for staying, sticking with us, Tyler. We'll be right back. When we return to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt, discussing about employment laws and discrimination claims. Don't change that channel and send us your comments and questions in Facebook Live. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm, marquardtlawfirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. We're still live on the air and on Facebook live stream. We're also trying to fit into YouTube. If you have any friends that are avoiding you on Facebook and don't want to get involved on that, maybe they're YouTubers. Maybe they're trying to look for new information. So we have our YouTube channel looking for Talk Law Radio, and you'll find us with the Scales of Justice. Subscribe to our channel. Help us reach 1,000 subscribers, and that way we could start streaming through YouTube live stream for your friends to be able to watch as well. If you are a subscriber and you want to have a say in what kind of topics we discuss on our future episodes, then send us the comments. We're always looking for them. We're thanking our viewers right now, Miss Sherry and Miss Roxanne, who are giving us their comments about the show on Facebook live stream. Tyler, are you still on the phone with us? Can you hear us still? I'm here. That's great to have you live on the air with us for Talk Law Radio. And I had just cut you off. You were helping us understand what two forms people have to go through when filing their discrimination claims. Yeah, so um, the state courts have sort of what, what they call concurrent jurisdiction over these claims. But you have to be, and, and I prefer, as working from the employee side, uh, I prefer to stay in state courts uh, because in, when you get into a federal court, um, there are 
certain procedural defenses that an employee, an employer can use that really are not available to them um, in state court. And um, state courts also have um, a fewer um, evidentiary um, restrictions that are that are not present that are present in the federal court system. So generally, when I craft one of these complaints, when I file my lawsuit, I, I will structure it under the state companion um, legislation um, and and try and, and and remain in a state court. Um, as opposed to federal court. Now, a lot of times these cases get what they call it removed to federal court, and you find yourself litigating in a federal court, which I'm quite comfortable to do that in the federal uh, arena. But I prefer state courts because, um, again, because of the evidentiary uh, restrictions are not so not so tight. Yeah, that's uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, that's the reason that I was admitted to the Western District here in San Antonio because I was um, representing an employer and uh, somebody made the comment that, hey, that guy's not admitted to the federal court. Let's let's take the case there. And so I I found a friend to sponsor me, uh, give a shout out to attorney Frank Avery. He uh, stood up for me and in that type of court, you have to have a an attorney sponsor. So that's all about the Texas Commission on Human Rights. Is there anything else about uh, discrimination claims of all kinds um, that that you want to talk about, or or do you want to change now to talking about whistleblowers? Yeah, um, my my thoughts were um, there's something I wanted to talk talk about uh, tell your listeners about um, before we get into that because I know we may be running out of time, but um, in in Texas we have what's called the Sabine Pilot exception to the Employment at Will doctrine, um, and that's that's a that's a case that's a a, a case law that's that's the name of a case. Uh, that the Supreme Court decided sometime back, Sabine Pilot, like the Sabine River. Um, and basically that doctrine says that you cannot be fired for your refusal to perform an illegal act. And I run into those cases quite a bit, especially in the oil field where, um, you know, uh, people are in, have been told by their supervisor to <clears throat> dump a bunch of frack water uh, you, know, you know, on a golf course or behind a subdivision and not dispose of it properly, and they don't want to do it, and they get fired. And that that um, that that sort of uh, legal framework uh, pops up in a lot of areas. So, folks, if you've if you've been told that you need to perform something that's illegal and um, uh, you refuse to do it and you get fired, you know, call me um, because uh, I love those cases. Juries love those cases. Courts love those cases because um, you know nobody nobody likes to get told to uh, to do something illegal and get fired for it. So I just wanted to make sure your, your listeners aware of, of that um, um, before we we run out of time. Okay. I know you would think that the employees would be looking out for their employers, trying to follow the rules that they understand are in place for whatever division it is, whatever kind of work practice they're involved in. There trying to secure not only their own jobs but secure it for everybody else to make sure the company isn't breaking the rules yeah 
So then what well, is a you, whistleblower? Well, the, the whistleblower act, uh, that, that, that pops up in, in a number of different contexts. Um, so you, you have, um, there's, you run into this with um, – I see it a lot with, like, Medicare and Medicaid fraud. Um, clinics and hospitals or doctor's offices are double billing, triple billing, or, or using the wrong code to receive uh, more, you know, m- more Medicaid or Medicare money that they're entitled to. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're a bookkeeper or you're working for one of these clinics and, and you find out that this is going on, you need to notify the appropriate authorities immediately, um, and uh, then if you you know if you're terminated because of that, uh, you got a cause of action. But also, um, you under under the whistleblower act. Well, there's different provisions, but um, the federal one, you are entitled to. In other words, if you if you if you blow the whistle on your boss, they're they're double billing, triple billing, and there's a substantial amount of money involved. You are entitled to get part of that um, uh, as compensation for for alerting the federal government that this is going on, and I think that's a a great a great thing because it, it motivates people to to stop you know wait to, to stop others from wasting taxpayer money. Yeah, we don't want that. Okay, no. so I want to take a moment to talk about COVID nineteen again. I wanted to let everyone know that there's. Uh, some help out there uh, from the federal government if you've been uh, diagnosed or someone in your family has been diagnosed with COVID-19 and uh, you're going to miss work. First, there's the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, FFCRA, which um, requires that health plans cover COVID-19 testing at no cost to the patient. And then there's a requirement that uh, employers with uh, fewer than 500 employees uh, provide paid sick leave to employees affected by COVID-19 in certain circumstances. And there are exceptions, of course. There's payroll tax credits allowed. And also there could be paid sick leave. There's also recently... The CARES Act was passed, which is a $2.2 trillion emergency relief package. That's trillion with a T. <laughs> and it, it provides unempl- additional unemployment benefits. And uh, so, of course, you have to go through Texas Workforce Commission to get that type of thing. I thought I heard that there was also a bill passed where uh, businesses could take out loans, but if they kept their employees, they won't have to pay it back. Yeah, that's the Payroll Protection Act. And so if you haven't yet applied for that, you probably should uh, get with your banker, accountant, or attorney to learn how to do that. If you want to learn a little bit more about those acts that Mr. Marquardt listed, visit his blog on com so you can see the list of acts that he just described. That's com. M-A-R-Q-U-A-R, D for David, T like Tango, lawfirm.com. So this is our last segment, Tyler, and you know uh, Marquardt Law Firm sponsors the show, and we focus on business and estate law, so we're always asking our guests about their legacy. 
What would you say you want your legacy to be? Well, um, you know, and I guess you asked this in a, in a financial, uh, from a financial perspective, um, uh, in, in, in answering the question that way, um, I, I, you know, I have got a son and, um, I want to make sure that he's provided for, um, so, you know, the first thing that I encourage people to do is to make a will. Um, you'd be surprised at um, how many people don't. And in this uncertain time, uh, you need to get on that. Um, you need to do it. Um, Texas is, is a, a kind of a unique state in that the probate process is pretty uh, streamlined. And if you do have a will, uh, your estate will can get distributed without a bunch of attorney's fees and bankers eating it up, court fees. So, but, but, you, but if you don't, then you run into – and Todd can tell you all about this. If you don't do that, then, then things get much more complicated. Attorney's fees get to be uh, much more substantial, and your estate can get eaten up uh, by the courts and lawyers if you, if you don't properly prepare. So I, I just encourage all your listeners to get a will or, you know, if you have substantial assets to establish a trust, maybe – and Todd can tell you about a pour-over trust – um, and uh, to take care of your assets and, and protect them from from creditors, to protect them from you know bankers, uh, lawyers, judges. You, you just need you need that kind of protection. But for bankers and trust and wills, I think sponsoring us on our show with Falcon Bank can also help, can't they? Yeah, Falcon Bank has a trust company, and. They can make planning for tomorrow a positive experience from estate planning and administration of trusts to investment management, including real estate and mineral management. Falcon Bank offers solutions with an honest evaluation of what you need. Call Falcon Bank at 210-489-4150 to discuss how they may be of service to you. So... In addition to just leaving money to people, um, your will or trust or estate plan can leave the values that you want them to achieve. You can say, this gift is conditioned upon you graduating from college. You can say, this gift is conditioned upon you um, getting rehab and stop alcoholism and, and drug addiction. You can... Leave a trust for your spouse if you're worried about him or her getting remarried and leaving everything to a replacement spouse. But if you're worried that you don't have enough information to go and understand this, go through the process, then visit our website on TalkLawRadio.com so you can hear our full podcast list of our previous episodes. We're trying to reach a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube so we could start live streaming there. Talk Law Radio and find our Apple Podcasts, Talk Law Radio Podcast, so you can get our full playlist. We'll be back next week with Jim Mullen. Thank you so much, Tyler, for being on the phone with us. We'll be back next Saturday live.